Hello and welcome along to the Three Amigos FPL podcast. I'm the Marple Curse and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars, you can find on Twitter at Mars05 and Kylie, you can find at KylieFPL. Make sure you're following our group account at Three Amigos FPL. In this Getting to Know You mini-series, we've interviewed FPL managers from all over the world as it's our mission to let our listeners get to know the people behind the FPL accounts we interact with each week. As it is a little bit of a lull, and we're calling this game week the one that's lasting approximately three years, we decided we'd do a bit of a rehash on our own Getting to Know You episode where you can get to know us, the Amigos. So um, to do that, we've come up with 20 questions, um, and 20 questions, 14, I believe, Marzi, that you came up with that are a little bit different than our normal ones, and then we've gotten some more from our listeners on Twitter. So um, I'm looking forward to getting into this and uh, getting to know you guys a little bit better. Uh, so Marzi, I'll come to you first on it, okay? Question one is, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, so you can give us any of those saucy details about where the Marzi panel lives, <laughs> what you do for a living, and so on. Yeah, you know, I, thought, I, thought, I thought it's important for all our new listeners, and welcome to them, that we, you know, we, we give a bit of background. So yeah, I'm Mars. Um, I live in London. I'm a father, a husband, uh, a Liverpool fan, uh, originally Palestinian, but proud British Muslim as well. And I work in supply chain for a, a pharmaceutical company. I think that's enough about me. It's not very saucy, Mersey, but we'll let you away with it. And Kylie, what about yourself? <laughs> he didn't even mention his singing or his dancing prowess. You know, he left out lots we'll of important details there. We'll or how he it. likes to shisha and chill when he's watching a match. <laughs> yeah, I think that maybe he's saving all the sauciness for later. Mm, maybe. Um, and what about your sauciness, Kay? <laughs> well... Uh, so obviously I'm Kylie and I am a Melbourne-born Aussie in case it wasn't immediately apparent from the accent. Uh, so I come from a long line of Irish and I'm currently living in Dublin. I'm nearly six years in Dublin actually, which is completely crazy. Um, in terms of what I do, I'm a marketing manager for a cybersecurity firm here in Dublin and I suppose a few details about me that anyone who's listened to about five seconds of our pod or ever seen the tweet from me on Twitter will know is that I love coffee and wine and cheese and dogs in no particular order at all. So what about you, Don? <laughs> um, what, what about me? Um, well, I'm Donica or Don, as I'm known on the podcast, because it's easier for uh, for non-Irish people to pronounce, and even some Irish people find oh, Donica. Oh, oh, Don. Or, or oh, what? Oh, Don. Or the Don, Don, I prefer to be called, Mars. But... Or oh, oh, Dom with, with an M, you know? No, oh, not Dom. Dom is a completely different one. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I live in Athenry, so I'm from Galway in Ireland, so on the west coast of Ireland, the other side from Kylie. 
and uh, current jobs account supervisor local wholesaler here so um, my twitter handles are the marble curse for most stuff but uh, the big Bronowski is my usual political and kind of news feed it's my my old my old account which kind of lost its way a little bit when I started using the the old fan feud account which we'll get to later and um, as it became then the marple curse uh, I guess my hobbies you asked about was uh, reading writing watching sport and spending time with my family I guess so um pretty pretty basic pretty simple but that's I'm a simple guy um, so uh, question two, um, Kylie, I'll come to you first on this one. Um, if you weren't human, this is one of our new ones actually that we added in when we ramped up our getting to know you questions a few months ago and all of our listeners do like it. So if you weren't human, which animal would your personality match best with and why? Um, so Kylie, I think I know <laughs> I what this is going to be. Mm. What? what? I'm curious. What do you think it's going to be? Tell me, Don. It has to be a dog. No, see, it's not. I took this question very seriously. My favourite animal is a dog. Because they don't stop talking. Oh, my God. (laughs) Someone is getting slapped. (laughs) And then I just proved case in point. No, actually, I took this very seriously. My favourite animal is a dog. But I was like, okay, I'm going to commit to this one. So, actually, I actually did the Maya Briggs personality test. I have done it before, right? But, anyway... I then correlated that to this interesting uh, thing that I saw that takes your uh, Maya Briggs personality and applies it to an animal. You did research for Getting to Know You podcast. It was the most important question. And I really, I was distracted by what animal I like as opposed to what animal I am. Anyway, so as an ENFP, which by the way is the campaigner, um, so my animal is dolphin. Because I'm communicative, social, playful, and outgoing. So there we go. That's my animal, apparently. And I checked it twice. So I'm a dolphin. And, You're an ENFP? And, and intelligent as well. ENFP. Yes. Thank you. I wasn't <laughs> going to say that. <laughs> okay. And uh, how about yourself, Marzipan? I, Mars is very skeptical about my dolphin. Mm. I think, no, he, no, think, I think he thinks you're after adapting it. It probably yeah. came up with the, like it was like um, I don't know uh, a kangaroo or something, and you went, "Oh my god, I can't believe I'm that that obvious as an Aussie girl." <laughs> no, I'm, I'm also I'm, I'm also an ENFP, so I was just laughing at that. Oh, to be honest. There we go. <laughs> uh, it's simple. I'm a monkey because monkeys are friendly. They can be cheeky. They're very family orientated and can be stupid. They laugh at themselves. So for me, I love monkeys. So yeah, I'm the, uh, you know, it's the yeah, I love monkeys. That's it. And they're cuddly as well. They are very cuddly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I thought long and what hard about on you, this Don? one as well. Yeah, I thought long and hard on it. Uh, I'm, I I figured out that I am a goldfish. I frequently find myself going <laughs> around in circles trying <laughs> trying to remember what I'm looking for before finally giving up and going off to find some food. So that's pretty much me in a nutshell. <laughs> You sure yeah. that's not just old age, though? It could be, could be partially, yeah. Uh, so, uh, come here, Marzi. Next question, question three is: How did you become an amigo? Or sorry, an amigo. Sorry, I was I was trying to um, morph you into a female or a male, whichever you want to be. An amigo. Right. So, well, 
how did I become an amigo? Uh, I was thinking about that. And um, basically, my first interaction, so I was listening to, to you on, on FanFeud for a long time before we started talking, Don. And I remember my first interaction with you generally was when you guys were doing this competition about for Fly, in support of Fly, and, and uh, the amount of times you guys said balls on a, on a pod. Um, which I guessed right, but you never gave me a present, by the way. This is the second time I'm telling you, the third time I expect a present. Yes. Uh, and then we got talking, and then I came as a guest once on the pod, and then you kept inviting me back on, and then it didn't click to me that you always wanted me there next to you, you know, to be by your side. Uh, and yeah, then, not uh, creepy at all, Mers. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think, yeah, and then um, I remember the day, the horrible day when you told me that fan feud was stopping. But then uh, we, we turned it around within a week and we came up with the three amigos. Mm. And it was me, you and Dale to start with. And that's how I became an amigo. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Kylie, tell us about how you became an amiga. Yeah, so my story's similar but different, I guess. So I obviously was over in Ireland and I guess we'll talk more about how I got into all of that shortly but um i did initially set up a, a twitter account just for a kind of lurking purposes because i had between work and my personal ones several other twitter accounts um and it was really just to kind of dip in and out of the community um and i guess i did that for a, a couple of months before sort of tweet starting to tweet actively um and then it all just kind of came out of nowhere so um i think it was dale who had initially approached me about um, the Get to Know You pod series. So you guys, obviously the Amigos pod was new um, and you guys had decided you were going to do the Get to Know You series now, which we all know and love. And um, I ended up being, uh, despite being a relative newbie in the community, ended up being one of your first guests. Um, I guess yay for female diversity or something. Uh, I have no idea why why I was uh, on it, but anyway. Um, and then um, that was great fun. And then I think it was only a few weeks later um, that you guys had asked me to come on uh, one of the regular episodes, um, which I did. And actually, we ended up getting really good feedback on it. It was great fun. Um, and then like, I think two weeks later or something, uh, I was back on again. Um, and we did that big chip strategy one. Um, and then all of a sudden, your people spoke to my people. And then suddenly, I was an Amiga. So it all happened very I, quickly. I, I actually remember that uh, actual uh, conversation. It was uh, so straight after we recorded with you the first time, me, Don, and Dale just said, look, I think we need to have her on on." You know, as as uh, as a regular, because you know, you 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 back. We all bounced off each other. You kind of joined in the banter. You, we felt like we had talked talked to you for a while before that, and obviously your knowledge um, was was very impressive. And I remember we talked about it. So, and I think it was. I think I messaged you, and I told you we want you to to come to come on as a regular guest or reg- to become an yeah. amiga. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. They'll reach out to you about the JT, uh, the getting to know you. But I still remember. That. I think that is the episode where Dale decided to talk uh, to keep talking about getting wood, and and not just not not just Chris Wood, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds vaguely familiar. But yeah, it was it was. So- 
I think part of the reason, though, the you know why you were because you were a new enough comer in the um, in the community, but that's what we have tried a kind of thing to do with the getting to know mm, you yeah. is we've mixed it up a little bit with the bigger, older, more established accounts and then kind of newbies that we've liked in the community. So I think you as being an Aussie girl living in Dublin into FPL and stuff, you definitely kind of you we kind of were interested, I guess, in finding out your story. And um that was kind of Absolutely. part of the reason why. And then my crazy came out, I guess. We definitely were also looking for girls in FPL as well. Like mm. because you guys are an important part of the community. And we did, well, I think we, we knew Nymph, we knew Holly. There wasn't... And as, as soon as we, we spoke to you, we were like, right, no, right, we need to have her back on. So, yeah. We were definitely well. There's way more women now. There's way more women. But I think that was what we did want to, is kind age. of give a little bit more of a, a platform to, to, um, to, I guess, people to get to know female FBL players on Twitter more, even though they, they were getting, I yeah. mean, they, you, you know yourself, I mean, you get a certain amount of attention for being a female FBL manager anyway. Yeah. But, but, you, but in a good way, in terms of showing, what we were impressed by was, I guess, you showing your, your knowledge and also even being eloquent in the way you're speaking as well on the podcast. So, and people definitely enjoyed listening. So we were delighted you became an Amiga, Kylie. Um, Don, how um, did you become an amigo? How did I become an amigo? Um, well, <laughs> well, as you mentioned, Mars, I was on the Fan Feud podcast team from like 2014, so there was a lot of kind of the old stagers in the in the FPL community that I kind of started off podcasting with, and there wasn't many FPL podcasts around at that time. Really, only the Scout and um, maybe Gaffer tapes were around at that point. But um, really, I guess we were doing that for four years and I stopped in 2018, I think. And um, as you mentioned, Mars, and we were we just didn't want to kind of let it go because we enjoyed the we enjoyed doing it as as fun. And as much as I was doing it, kind of a little bit of a part time job at the time, it was um, it was something we just wanted to keep doing because we enjoyed talking FPL every week. Um, but one of the things when we did decide to do Amigos was we wanted to have it a little bit more of an informal um, atmosphere and kind of where we, when we were talking, like almost like friends sitting around a table talking about it with a microphone on. So that was the, the style, which was very much different from the fan feud style. Yeah, sometimes, but, um, sometimes in a bush in Germany with people spitting on you sometimes <laughs> in the car, yeah. going to get a takeaway. All sorts of weird <laughs> situations, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's all authentic then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, come here. Let's move on to question four, okay? And Kylie, I'll come to you first on this one. Um, this one is a very simple question that Mars presented to us, which is why football? So why did you get into football in the first place? <laughs> like a simple question, but it's such a convoluted story with with me. So um, I guess. Look, when I was back home in Australia, I enjoyed football. Uh, I got into the World Cup always. Um, and so as a sport, I enjoyed it, but on a really quite superficial level. Like I had absolutely no, certainly had no knowledge of fantasy football. Um, and just, you know, I'm like, that's a goal. That was about the extent of my knowledge, all right? You know, I could spot that, but anything else was getting a bit, I'm like, offside, not a chance. So, um I when I came over to Ireland, everyone over here was completely mad about football, sports in general, actually, um, but primarily football and and Premier League, um, and it, that sort of included my family, friends, and Paul, um, so my boyfriend. So 
they also, in addition to making me watch like an endless amount of football, especially Liverpool, it just seemed to constantly be Liverpool. And it was under uh, Brendan Rodgers at the time, I believe. Um, and to be honest, I wasn't that impressed. Sorry, guys. Um, but they also were just constantly talking about fantasy football. And, um, you know, they're all – everyone is in this big, really competitive mini-league together. Um and they're all constantly going on about it. And then Paul won it um, that year. And so, I don't know, I guess I just decided that I was going to have to adapt and join in fantasy football, um, despite knowing nothing about actual football, incidentally. But that didn't seem to be a huge impediment. I was like, well, it's a game, so I'll just play this thing um, and it'd be fine. And, and then, you know, I can watch it and be sort of invested. Um, and it all sort of steamrolled from there because um, because I'm fairly aggressively competitive in anything, um, despite being absolutely terrible at sports, by the way. But um, I spent like a whole summer just doing crazy amounts of research. I had spreadsheets and notes and I was looking at stats and all sorts of things um, just to try and absorb as much information about the game football and then how it correlates to fantasy football into my head. Um, and then from there, it just, it's an interesting sort of situation because while I, very opposite to pretty much everyone, came into fantasy football before football or, you know, I, I got into football as a result of fantasy football, now I love football for the sake of football. So, it's a really strange sort of thing. And I, I guess like that was all sort of helped by the fact that I, I had a, a ridiculous first season. It was, um, it was actually the Leicester season. Um, Maris and Vardy. And I had started with Maris in my, my team that, uh, that season. And it just kind of went from there. So I did beat Paul, which was amazing because he kept calling me his reserve team just to wind me up and like, as anyone would know, there's no bigger red flag than doing that. Um, so maybe having had that great sort of first season experience kind of encouraged it. I'll never know, but I, I did um, I did come into football that way. And, and now, regardless of fantasy football, which obviously I very much enjoy, I just love sitting there and watching uh, a match now, even though I don't have a dedicated team that I support. Yeah, even though we've tried that to turn you on to the Liverpool. That is what does, I guess. Mm. Uh, she counts as a Liverpool fan. Well, she's... I'm like an honorary one. I'm yeah. literally surrounded by you all. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so what about yourself, Mersey? Yeah, so I mentioned that um, originally I'm Palestinian. So in Palestine, it's probably the number one sport, even though we had no recognised team for a long time. Uh, literally every you play I mean I remember when we were kids you play with um, with uh, dolls heads you take the dolls head and you play if you didn't have the balls yeah literally like in, in on concrete in the streets everywhere uh, jumpers and balls that's a goal little balls. bit creepy no seriously like, that's I'm what we did yeah 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 yeah. yeah yeah dolls heads yeah yeah plastic dolls heads absolutely uh, acorns as well you know anything in school mm -hmm. because uh, you, you didn't always have a ball um, and then obviously it's it's all down to my old man, you know, the famous old man, because he loved football and he'd lived here for a while. And literally everything, all the time that we, and all sports that we talked about was football, football, football. 
the other sports were handball and basketball in Palestine. Those were the three big things, but football was was the number one. Now, what, what's what made it really also very important to me is when I moved to England, um, I could not speak English like this, but I could speak football. So football helped me settle. In the first two years, when I was 14, it was really difficult. You know, imagine Brit, English, teenagers, you know, you know how cocky they can be, right? We couldn't all be, I, I, I was not easy either. I'm coming in and I'm trying to kind of like, you know, assert my authority and be my be myself. No family, but in, uh, in fact, uh, my best friend now, you know what, 20 years, we met playing football. Uh, you, you, make, you know, you, you speak to people about the games that you watch and the teams that you support and the rivalry and, and everything. I remember cup games where, we, you know, if, you, if your team loses, you have to wear the United top. And if they lost, you, they wear the Liverpool top. So football really helped me settle, actually. And it became like it's, um, it's part of, it's an important part of my, of my setting uh, in England. And it's something that I'm really passionate about because sometimes people say, oh, it's just a game. Yes, it is. But um, it, when, it, when it helps you settle like this and it becomes an important part of your life, it, it's something that I'm really passionate about. So that's why, that's why football. Yeah, that's a brilliant answer, Mersey. Um, I'm afraid my, my answer will be a lot less, uh, a lot less, I guess, not emotional, but a lot less um, deep. Just in Ireland, everyone everyone <laughs> loves football. We're either Man United or Liverpool fans. Generally, there was the odd weird Everton fan growing up or Aston Villa fan. But pretty much Liverpool and Man United, everyone everyone has a Premier League team. Um, playing on the street with my friends, my brother, you know, just basically playing football all the time through school and so on. Never much good at it because, to be honest with you, I'm a little bit big. I'd be a Peter Crouch without the touch. So um, it it pretty much uh, it it wasn't really my game. Rugby I was better at, but um, football was always the one that everyone in school you went to school and everyone would be talking about who won the week before bragging rights. All pretty much what you'd have anywhere really. But um, but yeah, Liverpool was my team from when I watched. It was an FA Cup. I think it was a semi final between Liverpool and Man United. And in them days, it was only the FA Cup matches were pretty much the only ones you would be guaranteed to get on TV. Most matches weren't televised other than the match of the day coverage. So um, they were a big deal. So I remember us sitting around and he picked Man United, I picked Liverpool. And um, and I, I went one way and he went the other way, as I like to phrase it. And I've never regretted it. So um, that's pretty much how I got into football. And um, yeah, always been Liverpool fan all my life. And hopefully this year we'll, we'll, uh, we'll finally end all those years of relative hurt <laughs> and, uh, and win the big one. But um, yeah, so uh, next question up, come to you first on this one, Marzi. So um, top three Premier League players. Um, I'm hoping you took this question the same way as, um, or I took it the way you meant to phrase it, because um, I took it as not FBL style players, but actual Premier League yeah, players. No. Yeah, actual Premier League players, and I've done it in players that I've seen, uh, whether live or to, you know, in my in, in in our era, right? Like so, for me, uh, number it, it was number three was really tough because it's it's a position that I love, and both players are really really like. And it was between Vieira and Keane. And I went for Roy Keane. I just think he is, you know, as a, as a Liverpool fan, I can still admire a player that played for United. He was just magnificent at everything that he did. The way he led that team, the way he fought for that team, the, the Champions League final when he knew he wasn't going to be in the final and still gave everything. Goals, tackles, um, just, I mean, 
all right, he's, he's not the great person afterwards. <laughs> when I watched him, I'm like, I, I don't think he's the best of managers. But as a footballer, he was fantastic to watch, honestly. And I, and I love defensive midfielders. I love the, uh, you know, Vieira, Keane, uh, Conte now, and Makaleli. So uh, Keane was uh, number three. Number two is probably one of the best forwards that I watched in the Premier League, again, for a, uh, a rival club, Henri, just the way he played football. That guy always used to embarrass Liverpool, but just the way he played the game, so easy, so cool, some fantastic goals, just so much ele- elegant. And I just realised that I'm talking to two Irish people about here, Henri. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think it's a little more, uh, he might be a little more salty about it than me. Yeah, I know, yeah. And number one had to be, I watched him from his debut. I was there and probably I remember hearing the news that he might be leaving and choking on my cereal, then going and hugging my girlfriend at the time when he said he's not moving to Chelsea and then watching him leave Liverpool, watching him lift the, lift, lift the Champions League. Like I don't think if there was such as a man crush on a man, it had to be Steven Gerrard. As a fo- Listen, I love Jamie Carragher and he's who I um, put myself as in somebody who knew their limits and gave everything. But as a footballer, talking about pure talent, Steven Gerrard for me carried that team through mediocrity all the way to Champions League finals. And it's, it's such a shame that he didn't get to win the, the league. But what he's done for Liverpool and coming through as a kid, you know, it's very difficult. And becoming a captain and then leading that team, the goals, the tackles, the passion, everything about it, just fantastic. For me, he's number one. Yeah, Sam, I'll, I might have a similar list, Marzi. <laughs> but uh, Kylie, <laughs> Kylie, you're next up. Give us your top three Premier League players from the last eight years. <laughs> from the last eight years? I can't just look back. jeez. From the last five years. Five years? Four and a half years, yeah. Um, um, see, I didn't... <laughs> Didn't bother doing research before then. Uh, <clears throat> uh, no, my favourite player, uh, as everyone probably knows, my ultimate love bug is um, Sadio Mane. So I, I oh, love I Mane. Oh, you were going to say Olivier Giroud. Oh, no, oh. he's third on my list, but nothing to do with his football skills. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know? But uh, Giroud's not a love bug. That's different classification altogether, you know. Um yeah, I, I love Mane. I loved him when he was uh, still playing for Southampton before he moved to Liverpool. I just think he was always an exciting player to watch. And he was always, and especially now, he's just the, there's something about, you know, when he smiles and when he scores and it's just like, it lights up the whole room. You know, he just gives me warm fuzzies in like a platonic way before you say anything pervy. Um, yeah, I just, I... Never. I was thinking... It was a, you're amazing just the way you are when you smile, the whole world smiles around with you. I was thinking oh, that okay, song. That's right. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and another player, so these these are both current actually, um, but I love another player that I love is, it used to be Son actually. Son was my other love bug, but I don't know, he's gone down in my ratings a bit with all of his um, aggressive red card behaviour recently. It's, we're still cool, Son, but, you know, I'm not sure. Um it's Kevin, uh, Kevin De Bruyne. I love watching him. And I know that, you know, I've seen Hazard and I've seen lots of these other players play and they've got so many plaudits. But I just think that uh, De Bruyne, while at City, is just 
masterful to watch. And um, oh, number one just, midfielder in the world right now. Sorry. Number one midfielder in the world. Oh, I completely agree. He's just he he's just unreal. And I think that regardless of biases or um, rivalries or anything, you cannot watch him play and not just be at times in awe of his vision, if nothing else. Um, no, I think he's an incredible player and likeable as well. And then third has, as I said, has absolutely nothing to do with footballing prowess, but um, it would be rude not to pop him in, uh, even though he doesn't even play anymore. Um, he's still so pretty. <laughs> so I would have to choose Olivier Giroud with or without the beard. So as we said, slightly different list to you two. So, slightly um, different, but I no, I do like that though, and it's a little bit I you know, I'm only messing with the with the recent recent years thing, but I do like the fact that they're a little bit of a different generation, I guess, to Yeah. To what yeah. um to what myself and Marzi are are Well I am I'm a different generation to you. You are, you are, you're only a young chick in comparison to us. We're <laughs> To you, Don. Even even Kylie said, I'm a different generation to you, Don. I'm still on the other side, yeah? Please. Well, I'm still classified as a millennial, so technically I'm a different generation altogether. Mm. Millennials, just one of those marketing terms. We, we don't we don't swear with that in the amigos, Kylie. Go on, Don. So mine, um, I do have Henri in there as well. I've got three players that I pretty much used this kind of classification for it. Three players that on their own could completely take a game and just destroy the opposition yeah. and win a game. So my third player was Henri because in his pomp um, on his day, he was unstoppable. And I remember Liverpool players playing against him and I used to be terrified for the defence oh, when he'd be running at them. Yeah. He was just a beautiful yeah. footballer. Um, second then would have to be Ronaldo because in his mm. pomp as well, he was unstoppable. Um, as much as it was rough watching a Man United player doing that. Um, fantastic player, obviously, and he still is to this very day. And um, number one is Mr. Steven Gerrard. As Marzi, you mentioned the best all-around player I've ever seen, I think. Um, he was a leader, brilliant talent, but uh, but just basically like that, take a game, scruff at the neck, and I was just delighted to have him as our captain for um, for so many years. Um, it made re- some some barren years kind of very much um, pleasant watching when you had Steven Gerrard captaining our side. So, um, yeah, Gerrard is number one for yeah, me. You- you know, at uni, some people didn't even know me as my, by Mars, they knew me as Gerard because I had a Gerard shirt with 17 at the back. And the funny <laughs> thing is, it was an old shirt. It was like the 96, 94 shirt. It wasn't, Gerard wasn't even playing then, but I, I just added his name with, with 17 at the back. So people, when I was, a lot of people just, because I normally would wear that going to the pub or ever watching the game. So people, ah, Gerard, yeah, what's happening? Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, yeah, no, quality. But um, the next question we have, and Kylie, I'm going to come to you first on this one, is three top football or sports moments. Yeah, this one was hard, um, I felt, because, uh, well, for obvious reasons. Um, I guess my first one is actually, well, it's it's a sport moment um, insofar as we're watching football. Um but it was also a slightly uh, fantasy football associated one because it was my first season. Um, and I was, I guess, only just starting to 
really get into the excitement of football. Um, and it was the that classic game, uh, Aguero against Newcastle. And I remember I, in the first few weeks, I hadn't really been watching a load of football. Um, but I, did, I think it was game week eight in that season when he, he scored five goals and he was my captain. And it was kind of watching that game was probably the first time that I got really excited by um, and invested in football. I mean, they demolished them like Newcastle were terrible, right? So as far as actual games go, it, it's not like it was anywhere near the best game that anyone has seen. But it was just kind of this um, moment for me where it's like, oh, my God, you know, I can really get behind this. Um, another one for me would be the first um, – football match that I went to, which was uh, the in the Premier League. So it was actually City, again, versus uh, Tottenham. And it was um, – when was this? This was a couple of years ago um, when I went over. And um, it, it was just the excitement of finally being there. You know, I mean, I think this is something that – I'm particularly when you're in, in the UK, um, that – you can go to these matches with sort of regularity. And even if you live in Ireland, most people who are football fans would have traveled over and they would have gone to a match and, and, and enjoyed it that way. But for whatever reason, it, it took me a long while to go. And now no one will actually go with me because it turns out that uh, anytime I go to a match over in the UK, the home side loses three, one, there's actually a scary precedent for that. So uh, now, we've never taken um, you to Liverpool. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, Mars is so superstitious. Like Mars is so superstitious. You <laughs> yeah. don't believe that will happen now. Yeah. Like one of my friends who is an absolutely staunch United supporter and she's been to a zillion different matches and she has uh, this superstition basically to every home match she's ever been to, they've won. Um except the one, you know, except the times when she's gone with me and then they have lost. So uh, after inviting me for years to go uh, to Old Trafford, I, I'm now actually not invited anymore. I don't so, think it'll make any difference when you go, Kylie, to Old Trafford. I yeah, I they're probably going to lose anyway now at this point. But she would still blame me is the mm. point. Um, yeah. But she is trying, strangely enough, trying to get me to go with her to Anfield. Um no ulterior motive there, I'm sure. No. Um, and then I guess uh, I would say last season, another one is um, watching the Champions League. So, again, it took me uh, a couple of years to – it's actually much more recent where I've actually really enjoyed Champions League, um, and that's probably part of that is getting more invested in football outside of Premier League. Um, and – I know you guys will enjoy this because obviously it was an amazing uh, Champions League for, for Liverpool. But those comebacks, just all of them, you know, whether it was Tottenham, whether it was Liverpool, I mean, the excitement of it, uh, Paul just freaked out. Like every time I left the room to, I don't know, grab something, Liverpool was scoring a goal against Barcelona. It got to the point where I was banished from the living room because apparently you know, it's this superstition thing coming again. But it was that kind of... Me and of... Paul could be really good friends. I think he, I think oh, I only have a man crush on him without meeting him. I would have chucked you out of the room as well, by the way. 
I know <laughs> every you time you left with corn, I would have locked the door. <laughs> It, it honestly, it just got to this point where he was just like, "No, you're out. Like, don't come back." And I'm like, "You can't. You can't do that. You know, I live here. And no, 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 no." So, and just like the problem is, when I was evicted, then they did score another two goals. So I was like, "I can't even argue." Um, but fortunately, I I was uh, I was in Portugal when uh, the final happened, so I couldn't be blamed for anything if it hadn't gone gone well. But um, no, but it was just like it was the excitement, and when you see it come back like that, and it's all so high stakes and everything, and so it's like it's one of these things because I'm kind of on this um, evolving journey with football, I guess, um, as in football for itself rather than FPL, because I, I'm I've come to it from a completely different place. You know, it's not a nostalgia thing. It's not mm. something that I associate with childhood. I mean, geez, when I had to play football in uh, PE, I used to run away from the ball. Um, so it's none of that sort of stuff. Um, it's it's kind of the I'm in the moment now. In terms you, and of you, you and Jimmy Ferrari would have gotten on very well, um, Kylie. When you when you see the ball, you'd run away from the ball. Do you remember Jimmy Ferrari? <laughs> no? You can't remember uh, Jimmy Ferrari. Do not this. <laughs> do, no. not, do, do not this. Do not King Jimmy. He got a Champions League medal. He did get a Champions League medal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah he true. used to run away from ask, the ball. Ask Paul I got Jimmy Ferrari. Team by my friend. He okay. used to, okay. he used to do a lot of Jimmy crazy Ferrari. things when he was on the pitch. Yeah. But um, anyway, Champions League winner, legend. Um, legend. Uh, Marcy Pan, uh, tell us your top three football and sports or sports moments. Yeah, this this was a tough one because for, like I'll start from the third, but obviously the first time I went to Liverpool was really important to me. It was McManaman's last game, and it was very very special. But that just just missed out. Um, the third one um, was. It, it'll be, it, I decided to choose the games that I was at personally, okay? And the third one was um, the first time I watched Liverpool win a trophy, and that was the uh, Carling Cup 2012 with uh, King Kenny at Wembley. And watching my team win a trophy live at the stadium was just unbelievable. It was absolutely fantastic. The atmosphere was great. We, we were t- the typical time at Liverpool where we don't take, uh, take, uh, make it easy um, conceding late and then going to penalties and everything it was it was fantastic and just being there witnessing it um, was just unbelievable um, it, the second one was possibly one of the best games that I watched live um, I was done you know by by the main stand just just a, a little bit further to the left closer to Anfield Road end um, so right behind when Gerard hit that ball, you know, oh, you beauty, take a bow, son, against Olympiacos to get the third goal. It, I honestly, I don't remember, of course, being at, ho- being at home and watching us make a comeback against Barca and win the Champions League was unbelievable. FA Cup against West Ham, unbelievable. Being there for that one, yeah. Being there for that one, having been 1-0 down, and thinking, no, we're going to do this. And then you, you get the first, you get the second. And then when he did that, the whole stadium erupted. And I, honestly, the emotions were unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. It, I will never forget that night. Because I went, it, that season, I went to every home Champions League game. 
And and I mentioned that before. I actually qualified to the ticket for the final, but it was my final exam, uni exam day. And I, and I, I I chose studies. And me and me and the boys then drove to Liverpool and watched the final there. But having been at that game, because there were other good games, you know, the Chelsea game, the Juventus game, all of them were brilliant games. But that specific game just made me believe and made me, uh, yeah, love Gerard even more. Just unbelievable. And the first one, there's absolutely nothing compared to watching your home country in a sense, especially with my background. Look, Palestine are never going to win anything. In fact, we did not have a team for a while. So to have a team under the conditions that we have is just unbelievable. I mean, to be honest, if I was there for a few years, I could probably make a trial for the team. But when I... When we, when we, uh, FIFA, probably one of the, the only good things that they did for Palestine is um, recognize them as a team. I said to myself, if they make the World Cup, I'm going. I don't care where. So the first Asia Cup came around. It was in Japan. And I remember waking up at 7 o'clock in the morning to watch the games. We lost every game. And I remember we lost 4-1 to Jordan. But when we scored that goal, it was 4-0, and we scored the, the, the goal, uh, our mental, I woke, I woke everybody in the house. And it was 4-1. Then the next Asia Cup was in Dubai. And I was like, there's absolutely, I think I told you guys, there was absolutely no way I was missing that. I don't care about work, nothing. I, I said to, to, to my wife, you and the kids can come. No problem. We go because my sister's there. You, you guys can stay with her. I'm going to watch the boys. And to get to watch them twice against Australia, we got hammered 3-0. And then against Jordan, 0-0. So I didn't even watch my team score a goal. I would have loved that. But just being there, Singing the national anthem, watching, sitting with you, with 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 your country people for 180 minutes in the two games, singing literally only about football. You know what I mean? When I, we could have sang about anything, right? We're not live on TV, but literally singing our traditional songs, our national songs, waving that flag, is something that will stay with me forever. I will never forget that. Never ever forget watching Palestine. And if they make it to World Cup, I'll be there. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was awesome. I remember the the other pictures you used to be sending back when you were at the matches. Happy head on you. It looked yeah. like it was yeah. the time of your life. Yeah. Um, my three moments are um, well, they're 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 three big moments in my life. They none of them actually involved being at a game live. Um, but they were three big ones in different sports. I thought I'd vary it up a little bit. Um, I've been a Packers fan since I was a teenager, and um, the in 2010 the Packers we've had a long, long drought of winning the Super Bowl, and in 2010 we won Super Bowl 45 over the Steelers, and uh, it's it was kind of one of those ones. It's it's a bit of a if anyone has ever been up till 4 a.m. watching a game, it's um, the Super Bowl can be a little bit kind of of an endurance test, but not when your team is is um, is playing. Um, when we won that one. It was um it was a fantastic kind of experiencing four a.m. with a few drinks taken shall we say, it um it's it's one of those kind of experiences that I won't forget um, um similarly <laughs> to my the the next one then was Ireland and the rugby, and um it was Millennium Stadium in, Stadium in Cardiff in two thousand and nine, um Ireland hadn't won a Grand Slam again in like as in my in my lifetime I had never seen Ireland win the Grand Slam. 
But um, Stephen Jones from Wales had a penalty kick from around about the halfway line, last kick of the game, and he was an unbelievable kicker. He was like a machine. But um, he kicked it. The ball looked like it was going straight, straight, straight as narrow, and it just dropped just before the crossbar dropped below. And uh, Jordan Murphy, I think it was, caught the ball. And we went mental myself because I know that one of these things, similarly to Mars, when you're talking about... Um, rugby for me with with my dad and with um with my family and that it's been our big kind of sport our, our uniting one that we've always had um and i knew he would be going mental i was hoping he wouldn't have a heart attack um so we were ringing him right afterwards to make sure that he hadn't actually kicked the bucket <laughs> but um but yeah no that was a that was a sensational moment and of course then istanbul 2005 oh. Uh, that has to be my top one because oh, that was I'll, I'll never forget how happy I felt other than for a sporting thing it was the happiest I've ever felt in my life as a fan sitting there after we mm. won and I must have sat and I must have listened to every gobshite talk sport thing everything for hours sitting there just this big stupid face on me when Shevchenko's penalty <laughs> was saved by Dudek uh, um, just sitting there did you uh, have was, friends message you I, yeah, we, I was on front. Uh, no, no, well, I didn't. I just I wasn't talking to anyone. I wasn't on Facebook. I wasn't <laughs> on Twitter, Anthony at all at that stage. So it was literally just me sitting there. When went, I think it might be over. Do you want to watch the rest? And I said, no, watch it. I'll keep believing it because I always went, no, I'm watching. I'm never going to stop watching a game if I'm yeah. watching it. Never yeah. give up. But um, the yeah, no, it was a, it was just one of those one of those nights that um us Liverpool fans will always have no matter what happens. Um, oh, hundred percent. Even 100%. if World War Three breaks out, Mars and tonight is our Premier League title. We'll we'll always have Istanbul. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, next question we have, and I come in to you first. I think Marzi on this one is uh, tell us something about you that is true but sounds made up. <laughs> uh Right. Um, so um, I swam in Yasser Arafat's swimming pool and he patted my head on national TV uh, as a joke. Right. So outside the pool <laughs> in the same in the same year, I, I, I met King Hussein in his palace, Bill Clinton in, in the White House and um, uh, Isaac Rabin in, in, you in, were in the Jerusalem. White House. Yeah, man. This sounds like the plot of Forrest Gump, you know, where he's just like so, incidentally in all these famous moments. So let me give you some background to this, right? There was a program called Seeds of Peace. It's literally what it says on the tin. They were trying to get youngsters from each region that was fighting to to um, to get on, grow up and become friends, right? And it was a group, uh, it was an American group that did this and... I think I was in the second year, so it was uh, we had 40 Israeli kids, 20 Egyptians, 20 Palestinians, and few Americans, etc. And we all travelled to the US, and they they picked they picked the Palestinians based on their on their English. You had to do a test, and uh, I was chosen. Me actually happened also my cousin. He he was from he, uh, picked from his school in Jerusalem. So we, yeah, we went out to uh, to the US for a month. It was brilliant because we, we stayed in Tufts University in Boston, and then we went to New York, Washington, White House, where we met Mr. Bill. Um, and every evening you had a politics hour, and in that hour you forget everything about that friendship that you just made in the last 
13 hours before. My God, that hour was absolutely <laughs> brutal. It was brutal. It was brutal. And the good thing is, you know, look, I went when I was 14. And up until I was 18, I made some really, really good Israeli friends. The problem then became is at 18, they had to go to the army. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a guy, you go for three years. If you're a girl, you go for a year and a half. And, you know, I mean, this guy could be having to drive a tank into my city. So we we lost touch. Some of us still talk now, like we've reconnected. But it was brilliant. And the reason that I was <clears throat> in Arafat's villa in Gaza is because the delegation that was going out to the U.S., we went out, we had food in his in his pool, it was in the uh, in his uh, villa, and, and obviously the TV was there, and we all jumped in the pool, and then yeah, I had a bit of uh, kind of like uh, messy hair, if you like. I was standing next to him, and he just decided to bat my head down on the table, so it became like a national joke. Uh, King Hussein, we met in in his uh, you know again as a delegation, yeah, and Rabin because uh, in Jerusalem, so for to uh, for the Jewish guys, mm. so yeah, that's that's. Uh, that's my story. That's sounds all right. Like, all right. So, uh, Kylie, Kylie, you're going to have to follow that one up. Okay. So go ahead. <laughs> That's so unfair. I, I've obviously lived a very boring existence because I don't have anything to follow that up with uh, like that, right? And I didn't have anything overly implausible um, that I actually did. Um, but one true story is that my name was very nearly not Kylie, uh, but Bambi. So can you imagine? (laughs) Yeah, uh, it would have a really negative impact on my career prospects as an adult, I have to say. Um, (laughs) That could have toughened you up, though. It could have been like the the boy named Sue, like the the Johnny Cash song. You could have been like, you know, toughened you up, growing up in Australia, and your name was Bambi. I'd imagine you had to fight your corner a bit. But um, I don't know what you'd become Amiga with um, the name so well basically yeah so um, when um, my mom who is a typically very rational human being um, was giving birth um, she obviously had uh, painkillers for uh, the pain I suppose um, and uh, apparently because I had I have quite big eyes anyway as it stands but I obviously had a much smaller head at that time Um, and so as a result of that um, I was very nearly like actually called Bambi Um, but then my dad chose my name in the end so um, there was an overall the the drugs that women have like for um, during childbirth they can be a bit hallucinatory I can imagine like (laughs) literally thinking that was a good idea at the time Forget well, about the drugs, it's the gas and oxygen that they take. I mean, when oh. my wife was giving birth to Hannah, she was got, she was going delusional. She's and, and then afterwards she goes, "Can I have some more of that, please?" <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine, I can imagine you on that gas and air, Marzi, a bit. <laughs> I'm delusional so, yeah, as it is. So can you imagine, right? Just. Uh, introducing myself in a normal context um, and just being Bambi. And the, the mm. thing about it is that, like, so I'm I'm quite tall, right? Um, not as tall as Don, obviously, but for a woman, I'm fairly tall. And um, so I, like, and sometimes, because I'm quite clumsy, uh, sometimes <laughs> I do feel like Bambi on ice, right? And so, like, it's just, like, legs, you know. It could have been um, perfect. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm beginning to regret that your mom didn't call you. Uh, yeah. Well, this is the thing. So I told um, this story came out in high school. I can't remember why, but for years, um, uh, friends, I had uh, some of my friends used to call me Bambi. Like so, it actually became a nickname, um, which is now long forgotten, thankfully. But yeah, for uh, for a long time, <laughs> I was just Bambi. So the, there we go. Yeah. There, there, well, we'll remember that too, Mersey. Or won't we? We'll, we might remember yeah. that a few from times. From now on, from now on, she's Bambi. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, well, really, my own. I was trying to think of this, and it, it just occurred to me, really, when I was trying to think of it. My God, I've had such a boring life because I was trying to think of something <laughs> that sounds like that and the only like make it up i just thought of some no i i I did debate that kylie for about five seconds but i thought (laughs) no i couldn't do that but no there was one there was one thing which always brings a bit of a smile to my face and um that was the when myself and my wife we were the girlfriend boyfriend at the time but we went to tunisia in 2002 it was one of those ones where we um, we saw the price and we thought, wow, it's uh, very cheap without twigging why it was so cheap because maybe people <laughs> were staying a little bit away from Tunisia in 2002 after 9-11 and so on. But we went there anyway and um, we had a good time. It was, you know, the hotel was nice and all that. But um, on one of the only kind of excursions we did actually away from the complex, we went to, um, we went to the Sahara. You know, there's like one of these gateway to Sahara things. So um, where they bring you out on camels, um, these guys mm-hmm. bring out on camels out into the desert, and you basically, as far as I can see, you can only see basically sand, you know, giving you the desert experience, which is kind of cool. But when we arrived out there where we were based, these guys all of a sudden appeared out of nowhere on um, on motorbikes, like they all whizzed out on motorbikes, and they all had oh. like bottles of coke. So they were basically all there trying to get give people these <laughs> bottles of coke, and. The guy went and put it in my hand, and it was like this lukewarm glass bottle of Coke. Oh. And I went, no, thanks. And he touched it off my hand, and next thing he flicked the lid straight off, and I went, no. And he goes, that's uh, ten, 10 US dollars, basically, he said. And I went, no, thanks. I'm not taking it. I'm not doing it. And me and him were standing there for like about five minutes going back and forth, and all these other lads standing behind, and we were in the middle of nowhere here. And next thing I goes, um, I said, no, I'm not doing it. Eventually, anyway, I gave him like three dollars for it or something like that. And um, and but they were looking really kind of giving me dirty looks all the time afterwards. So next thing, the guy puts me up on the camel and he smirks at me and he gets a stick, gives the camel a whack on the arse, and the camel took off across the desert. Well, this that camel was so well trained. fast, man. This, they, they run so fast but I, all the other oh. ones were there just walking or hobbling along nice and slow my camel went like a bullet I was back I was back in the camp 10 minutes before everyone else and my heart was pounding and just you saw Stop. this lank, lanky Irishman flying across the desert on the back of the camel and it it's would have been scary, a funny right? view yeah oh, it's, I couldn't believe how fast these things go and it hurts right mm. you know what I'm talking about yeah, they, they're they're hard. They're like they're like concrete. Like they're just bones and oh man, and you it wasn't bounce pleasant. it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I arrived at the thing anyway. The guys eventually arrived and they were all smirking to themselves, thinking, "Haha!" Like they're they're delighted with themselves. And I just I gathered myself, tried to look like I was cool as a button. I said, oh, "Thanks a million. That was brilliant." And I went off. But man, my heart was pounding. Nearly, I thought I was going to die. 
But uh, that, that that was my story. It did uh, sound like you were in a bit of a standoff situation. I wasn't sure well, where was, that was going. It was. It was kind of. It was. It was feeling like that. And Wend was telling me, going, um, you know, just give them and stop. Like, and I was going, no, no way, not going to do that. <laughs> but uh, when I was on the camel halfway across the desert, I was thinking, oh, why didn't I give them the ten fucking dollars to go on a <laughs> uh, Next up, we have um, your motto in life. So, Kylie, I'll come to you first on this. Um, tell us your motto for life. Uh, so, mine is something I do say quite frequently, which is uh, embrace the madness. Uh, so, I guess I don't know why, but uh, it is something I say a lot. I like a little bit of chaos. Uh, I think the best things in life are a little bit messy uh, and and sort of not organized and pre-planned and, and everything. And I am also at my best when things are a little bit hectic and crazy. And, you know, so it's in that scenario where um, I think that lots of interesting things can, can happen. Like you can't pre-plan everything. You just kind of sometimes have to just go with the flow. And, I mean, I'm a little bit crazy at the best of times. So I've just fully embraced that. I like that. I like it, yeah. Yeah. And um, Marzi, what about yourself? So, um, look, I cheated, yeah? So in FBL, there's every, for every morpho, there's a, there's a YOLO and, you know, don't worry about the FOMO. In, in, in work life, I always say change is the only constant. So similar to what Kylie said, I always like, yeah, people say there's a change, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, just bring it on. It's fine. You get used to it. But in everyday life, in everything that I do, I always say to myself and to people that, that you know, if they need advice or anything, I say everything happens for a reason. But I don't just mean that. What I mean is sometimes you do everything that you can and then you, you do everything that you can that is in your control, that is in your power. And then if that's meant to happen, it will happen for you. So everything happens for a reason. That's what I mean. That's what I mean by it. And that's, my, that's the thing that I keep going with in, in everything that I do. I like it. Um, the... I guess mine follows on a similar similar theme to you guys um but uh it was um love the life you live live the life you love and um that's been a kind of expression that uh my brother-in-law he passed away a few years ago but it was an expression that he used to always say and he kind of always had it written out and it was like one of those kind of things and it's to kind of embrace and not kind of just settle for what you have but if there's something you really want to do or some some place you want to be is just to do it because you only live once um so um that's just an expression that it's it's kind of what i've taken on as kind of my motto and what i kind of think with with my life whether it's job or anything else is that's what nice I, that's the one i like that's nice yeah um the next question we have is what song do you relate to most find inspiring um so uh Marge, you wrote down War Cry song, but um, what's um, what's, what's your... <laughs> yeah, that was a little strange. <laughs> I know, I, I I fully embraced that one, and my answer, I embraced it. So, um, Marzi, give us, oh, really? give us your I was song. just like, yeah, that's weird. I'm sorry. Mine is straight up, uh, lose yourself, Eminem. That for me, yeah. the words, it's mm-hmm. I I sat uh, I before every exam at, at uni, the final the final year, before exit every exam in the morning. After praying and everything, I would blast it out, and I just I I would blast all the lyrics, and I just get ready. And this is what I mean by that war cry: you just get ready, you know. And you hold listen on, to the words, on, and I'm on, not. Hold on, you pray first of all, and then afterwards you play Eminem's 
Absolutely. I'm finding it hard to to tally the two. uh, (laughs) (laughs) You have to pray and you feel all calm, chilled, zen and all that. Yes, exactly. That's in the morning. I pray. I wake up first thing before sunrise. I pray. I'm ready. I have my breakfast. Whatever. I'm ready. And then before I head out, before every exam, literally, no joke, every exam. And if I had two exams a day and I'm back at home, I'll listen to it again. And wow. I just, I'm preparing myself. Yeah. But yeah, um, even sometimes about... before interviews. Go on, go on, Mersey. You do no, it still. Say, you do it still. Oh, nice one. Before interviews, sometimes I would listen to it in the car. Absolutely, it, it helps me get ready. <laughs> wow. Um, what about <laughs> I think yourself, Kelly? Great Kylie? choice, though. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I don't. Um, I, I, I don't have a similar story uh, to the lose yourself sort of thing. I found this uh, quite hard, actually. Um, but there is one song, it's not remotely a war cry song, um, but it is one song that I find very uplifting um, and it's uh, Dreams by the Cranberries. So I grew up listening to uh, Dolores Reed and, um, and loved the, the Cranberries when I was younger. But there's something about the opening strains of that music and it's just like... I don't know, it just calms me and it's just like uplifting and you hopeful have to sing it and I don't know. I don't know how it goes. You have to sing it. I'm not singing it. No way. <laughs> She's not that much of a mug. Bambi would have sung it now, but Kylie won't sing it. Yeah, Bambi, Bambi would have sung it, exactly. Bambi would have, yeah, but Bambi's got no shame. Um, yeah, well, I, I will send you a link to it, but yes, uh, you will know it. It's very famous. Oh, song. it's brilliant, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you, the, Yeah, um, well, I basically split this into two. So um, if I was going into battle, it would be Thunderstruck by ACDC because I don't <laughs> think anyone can possibly listen to that song and just not do air guitar. And, just, <laughs> you know, it, it, it just gets me. It's, no, it's nothing brilliant as a song, but it's just it gets me. Thunder. And so on and so forth. But, uh, um, in, th- in terms of inspiring, um, I was trying to think of this because I think there's a load of songs that I find inspiring that I listen to and I kind of get meaning from. But the one that kind of John Lennon's Imagine is one that the lyrics oh, of yeah. it kind of speak to me in loads of different ways. You know, it's just basically imagining a better world that we could very yeah. easily have if we put our heads together really and did it. But um, that's probably my inspiration song. So let me see here. Marzi, come to you first. Um, now, there's what's the one thing everyone talks about or does that you have absolutely no interest in or idea about? Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> but uh, here's the thing. I have never owned a PlayStation, an Xbox or anything like that because... When I was out here and it came, you know, I was a student. For me, it was more important to spend money on other stuff. And I thought I'm a very addictive. I have a very addictive personality. I thought if I buy it, I'll spend. I would want to justify the money that I spent. So I'll end up playing it all the time. Don't get me wrong. I used to play it at my friend's house and everything. So now people are talking about Ultimate Team, FIFA 20, gold stickers. I see it on Twitter and I'm like, I really feel like the old person in the group. I'm like, what? what are they talking about? I have, I genuinely have no idea, and I have no interest. I, just, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, it's um, it's <laughs> yeah, like it's I like me that. with it's like me with the Yolos, like. 
But um, what about yourself, <laughs> Kylie? What do you What do you find people that, talking I relate about? to I relate to Mars's one there because I know nothing about gaming at all. Um, in fact, the only last time I played one, I think uh, the guys had Madden. That's the mm, NFL yeah, one, right? NFL one, yeah. And yeah. And they were all super competitive, and someone gave me a controller, and I didn't know anything. I was just pushing different buttons, but it was brilliant because somehow, even though I, I genuinely, I didn't know what, I don't know, I've been to an NFL match before, and I still don't know how it works. Um, but I ended up beating, I ended up beating them all. Uh, it was brilliant. I was just like, you know, full pushing lots of buttons. I still don't even know what the buttons are called. Um, that was my peak. Um, I think you guys can guess my answer to this one. Um, oh, yeah, politics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty, pretty much. Um, look, it's it's not that, yeah, I mean, actually, I'm <laughs> just really, I mean, I ha- I'm somewhat interested on occasion um, when I have to be because obviously it is a reality. I would be far more um verbal on the subject about Australian politics because that is what I've grown up with but half the time I just can't find it in myself to get overly excited on oh, the subject so on. Um... we would be talking on our whatsapp group <laughs> me and John would be talking for 10 minutes she don't know what we're talking about you're like what are you on about we're like she still doesn't got it done <laughs> it's, it's quite funny <laughs> yeah I figured you two uh, would, would know, guess that one. we would know straight away yeah and the well, my one, there's been, there was a ton of things I could have picked, but um, Love Island is the one I'd probably go to. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll join you on that one. Yeah. I'll join you on that one. People literally talking about these oh. these um, these people, like they really care about them. And I don't know. Some, some, I find it very, all them things very exploitative anyway, of the people too Ooh. even. I yeah. think that, you know, it can have negative reactions with them psychologically, and I think a lot of them aren't in the best place psychologically anyway when they're going there. But uh, but yeah, Love Island is one that I just go, look, don't even talk to me about it, and don't talk to, about it when I'm in the same room, please. <laughs> but um, the it's, it's, yeah, that's me cranky Don at work. But um, <laughs> question eleven is um, top three do's and don'ts in life. Kylie, give me them. Okay, are they supposed to be like three do's and three don'ts here? Because, I tell you uh, what, I, I I did I did two do's and one don't because I'm a positive do-do. kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Well, I guess my first one is universally don't be a dick, and I would narrow that down further to be don't be the person wearing a backpack on public transport swaying around. Okay, there's just no need for it. It's like those man spreaders who are sitting on trams, and it's like you're not a gymnast. Okay, you. Don't don't need to do the splits, close your legs. Really unnecessary. Um, that was fairly specific, but it's just like I have all this rage built up about it. Um, and I would say do embrace change. This kind of goes back to what uh, both Marcy and I were saying uh, a little bit before about um, our mantras. I think change is one of the most brilliant things that could uh, happen to anyone if you look at it in the right way. Not every change is good, of course, but I think it's completely attitude-based and I think that you should look at challenges um, and and kind of push yourself. Uh, and then the other thing I would say is own, do own your crazy. Um, so you find so often that 
it's really hard to be yourself. And I think maybe perhaps when we're all younger, um, but I think one of the things that I have learnt as I've gotten older is just, it sounds really trite. You know, people say this all the time in terms of, oh, be yourself, be yourself. And sometimes that's really difficult and sometimes people aren't, for all manner of different reasons, aren't confident um, in, in who they are or maybe comfortable in terms of who they are. But I feel like I've just gotten to this point in my life where I'm like, I am a flawed creature and uh, I, I have my moments. So I'm all about just owning it. And people that are in my life, that are in my life for a reason, that I love and I'm fortunate enough to have, they are all well accustomed to my crazy. So I am who I am, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Good and bad. That was actually that was actually one thing that I had down um, before was the idea of just well, just the the sooner you come to just embrace who you are and realize you can't actually change who you are, so you may as well like who you are and not try to be something you're not. It's um, the that was when I definitely found myself happiness in myself. Mm. Um, I would say if you don't like yourself, people won't like you. You know. If mm, you don't, if you yeah. don't believe, it, if you don't like yourself, yeah. So mine, I, I'll, I'll, I did, I did three of each, but very, it, it's very self-explanatory. Oh, he did six. Kylie, Mar- <laughs> I think. I t- he's, he's like he's trying he's to turn into Doctor Phil or something here. Yeah. Oh my don't, god! Don't generalize. Don't. Did he meet Doctor Phil when he was in America too? Oh Jesus mm. Christ! Don't generalize. Don't be a racist. Don't be a hypocrite. Adapt, but keep your principles. Be happy and thankful. Be trustworthy. That's it, that's, that, was, that wasn't too bad. Yeah, no, no. I, I thought, I thought, here Good we go. I better stick on another record. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna run out of tape. Yeah, the um, mine were um, do surround yourself with positive people. Neve- negative vibes hurt your soul. Don't listen to people telling you you can't do something. They most often mean they can't do it. And do laugh out loud at every opportunity. It keeps you young. So um, those oh, are yeah. my three. Um, the I next question like we have. I feel like we're so philosophical tonight, guys. Mm, very. We're, we're very deep, Kylie. Bambi. Profound people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who were the first three FBL accounts you followed and still follow on Twitter? So come to you first on that, Kay. Yeah, this is the the one that I failed at, remember? Yeah, um, you were having serious, severe difficulty with it. I didn't do my homework on a laptop, apparently. Um, I'm all about the, the smartphones, you see. Uh, I do know that uh, one of the earliest people that I followed was Fly. Um, mm. And I think Nim as well was, was quite early. And then it was probably like FF Scout or something. Um yeah, I mean, as I said, I did. I lurked a little bit Look, before I actually engaged with them. Like, yeah, that's not too bad. It's not too bad. It is hard to find on your phone to find. Um, I found I had to do it on the laptop to get them, but uh, that's not too bad. It doesn't they're, go they're, not, they're not. Yeah. Hmm. Then those two and Scout aren't aren't bad names to start off with anyway. So uh, so that's cool. Um, well, but yourself, Mersey, who were your first five? Yeah, it was quite interesting. I went back and, and looked. Um, I told you you were in the top ten. Um, so was Chief and Fly but actually um, third was FBL Updates and FBL Updates was the uh, and still sometimes is the one that I go to for every assist 
and gold last uh, before official FPL became a thing. They used to be the fastest, most accurate. And actually, they were the first guys that gave me my break on Twitter. In fact, the whole Twitter thing for me started when I did an article about wildcard um, uh, around uh, sorry double game weeks and and how to navigate them and the blanks. And they put they published my first article, then my second one, and it's just. Uh, went mental on Twitter, so yeah, I still, uh, you know, um, I, I still do follow them. I did stop writing for them just because I hate writing now. Uh, and then um, the next two you guys should know, uh, our friend Ryan Fantasy Emma, uh, yeah, and Fantasy Football Pundits. So um, still talk to these guys. We still flirt once in a while, and uh, yeah, all accounts that I still follow. So yeah, it's interesting to go back and look. It is uh, interesting, all right. The uh, mine was Fantasy Irma, so uh, Ryan was number one, and then we had FBL Hints. I had FBL Cat, our buddy Cat, um, yeah. and of course I had Fly, and then I had Vintage FPL. And um, he hasn't been around in a while, but he was the guy who we used to call it Vinny, but um, he was on a couple of fan feud podcasts with me. Lovely fella um, from over there in the UK. But um, he used to be doing the, uh, was it not Vines, was it? Was it Vines? Um, he was like the Vine master. And yeah. then they shut it down and he kind of, oh, I think, okay. drifted away a little bit then. But um, um, just on the off chance, he might listen. So, uh, hello, Vinny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're, um, you're hosting a dinner party and can invite any three people, living or dead. Who are they? What food or drink are you putting in front of them? Um, what's you thinking on that one, Mersey? Me, uh, be my granddad. I miss him every day. He was my hero growing up. Um, I would love him and me to sit with Bill Shankly. He's probably one of those people that I would have loved to have met, to be honest. Um, and Nelson Mandela. Those are the three. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You, you got one of mine there. Uh, how about <laughs> yourself, uh, Kay? Food-wise, sorry. Oh, sorry, your yeah, food. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. yeah. yeah, food. Yeah, yeah, it'll be Arabic food. I'm going to be nice and simple. Mm. I'll definitely have cork and lime. Uh, and uh, for them, they can have wine or something like that. Cool. And how about yourself, Kay? Um, okay, so for me, my granddad is one of them. Um, I never actually, that's my mum's dad, I never actually got to meet him, unfortunately. Um, so I would love to have him over for dinner. Uh, another, I'm not sure how old these would get along, but it's just interesting people. Another for me would be Oscar Wilde. I think he would make an excellent dinner companion, um, not least of which because I enjoy his wit and his uh, work, but I think it would add a certain something to the dinner party. Um, and then another one is uh, Mindy Kaling because I love her. Um, I think not only is she hilarious, but she's also just kind of out there and is herself and body confident and kind of goes against all of these stereotypes and just seems to be this person who is really comfortable in who she is. So I think like she's, she's just a pretty awesome person. Um, in terms of food, um, I would actually have, um, Vietnamese food, I think. Oh, I don't know. See, this is the thing. I'm mixing it up, right, because we have more food questions. But may, I might serve Vietnamese food because um, I do love a bit of fur, uh, vegetarian, of course. And then I would have wine or gin and tonics. I'm hoping everyone likes to drink. I'd put some beer out for my granddad. 
Yeah, they, um, they, in, in your dinner, they can drink, Kylie, regardless of their teetotalers their whole life. So uh, the, <laughs> let me see. When, when, when I was trying to figure this one, there is so many people. And yeah, Oscar yeah. Wilde definitely popped into my head. But um, my three would be uh, David Attenborough, uh, David Jason, who, um, Kylie, you might know David Jason or uh, Marzi YouTube from uh, Only Fools and Horses. But um, I've always oh, loved David yeah, Jason, yeah. Um, Del Boy, um, oh, David Attenborough. Yeah. I, David Attenborough, I physically, yeah. physically would give a, an organ to if um, if it extended out his life a little bit more because um, I love him. And um, Oscar Wilde was on my was on my list, but Nelson Mandela would be the other one because I think Nelson what Mandela about, for eh? for his life yeah. in every in every way from um, from freedom fighter, ad- activist prisoner president you know world leader he's just he's i think he's just um yeah. he's just epic so um it was yeah, a the tough three, one for three me between them. him and gandhi mm. between him and gandhi but he he won yeah 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 no he um definitely definitely mandela but um yeah and i, I was trying to think of the meals because i've gone vegetarian in the last few months so um we pretty much well pescatarian i believe that. is what they're called um kylie yeah. which is one of the softy vegetarians i know you eat um, not fish, hardcore. Yeah. I eat fish. Not really. But, um, yeah. No, but I, I mean, when did you ever see a cute fish? Like, so I, I that's that's the way yeah, I'm basically gauging yeah. it, you know. But your uh, your spirit animal is a goldfish. I know. This is I, literally I, cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different yeah, that's, subsection yeah, actually, altogether. Yeah, uh, this, this is this has ruined my night actually. Now that you pointed out to me. Uh, so uh, the, yeah, no, that that's basically what who I'd have. And uh, so Thai Thai curry to make the eyes water, washed down by copious yeah. amounts of beer and good chat. So um, that's where I'm going. Um, last question of our regulars before we get on to our rapid round listener questions um tell us one guilty pleasure or a bad habit that you have and i'll come to you first on that mercy guilty pleasure is i like trash tv it helps me relax it helps me dump my thoughts and i just can just chill i don't need to think about it so apart from love island most any other trash program i watch Mm, you do indeed you do i do i do yeah uh kylie what about yourself so my is this guilty pleasure or bad habit? Yeah, go for your guilty pleasure, sure. Uh, well, wine I think is my guilty pleasure. I don't feel that guilty about it, but um, <laughs> but if I, you feel I, guilty I feel... about it, you wouldn't tell everyone all the time. So I it, like it, you'd be trying to keep this to be a secret secret drinker, you know. <laughs> No, but I do for all the same reasons that Mars likes to uh, watch trash TV. It's um, soothing after a mm. day of uh, high intensity work um, and stress. So I do love. Uh, I don't drink nearly as much as it sounds like to anyone who listens to this pod. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> do, really do, do yeah. Your mum has been. Your mum has been in touch. Uh, that she's a bit concerned about you based on the amount that I say you drink. Seriously, yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, people definitely think that I'm a full-blown lush as a result of uh, your words, Don. Put, um, putting a but... red to bed. <laughs> yeah, um, but I do enjoy uh, a glass mm. of wine very much. And uh, how about a bad habit that you have? And I'll bring it back. Oh, yeah, then. so, yeah, so uh, I have a few, but one that uh, comes to mind I've touched on is um, 
I'm really overly competitive. So I don't know if it's because of some like emotional stunting situation as a result of being really bad at sports, but like I have the, it's, it's almost like a disease. So I, it's, I don't know if it's Bambi or some other alter ego takes over and I'm like, I can be quite obnoxious with board games. That's really when the worst of it comes out. Um, so I get told off quite a lot for uh, misbehaving while playing board games. And um, like a couple of Christmases, true story, a couple of Christmases ago um, when my mum and sister were over and so it was us and Paul and, you know, um, my aunt and uncle and cousins and um, we were all playing Family Feud and um, I, despite you know, my age, I was told off by my mum repeatedly for being overly aggressive during a game of Family Feud. Um, and that is basically the story of my life. So I did get told off for that quite a bit, but like, uh, it is a problem. I'm trying to control it, but it's not working. You're, you're a maniacal <laughs> Monopoly player, Kylie. Yeah. Well, I always win, but um, I mean, yeah, you, but yeah, that's I, um, because the other people have have left the game crying, and you've uh, you've just been the last person sitting at the table. But uh, Kyle, pretty, or Marzi, Marzi, Mar- <laughs> what's your bad habit? Right. You might be shocked about this. I don't think I will be. No, I'm a very emotional person, so it's really hard to hide when I'm pissed off. <laughs> no, no. Bad. <laughs> no, I, I not that. Don't stop it. Kylie, it is when you're at work, when people piss you off, oh, or yeah. when you come, or when you come in, and you're not in the best of moods. I've had to cancel meetings before because I knew the people in that meeting would wind me up, and I was like, "It's not urgent, and I don't have time for you." So piss off. I'll talk to I'm you another like day. That as well. So normally, when I'm if, if I'm pissed off, and it's not often I am, you know, I'm, I'm I I try to be relaxed and happy, etc. But we're human. So I have some like really good friends that are also colleagues. So if I'm pissed off, I usually speak to them and say, listen, I'm not in the best of moods today, so make sure this person avoids me, or do you, need, <laughs> do, do you really need me in that meeting? And then they would normally try and make me laugh, whatever, whatever. But the problem is, because I'm such an emotive person, it, I, and I'm always happy when I'm pissed off. Oh, you can tell. Oh, no, I can tell on your messages. I can tell on the tone, listen, <laughs> the words you there's like. absolutely I'm... a tone. Yeah, there's, there's a tone. It's like... <laughs> so clear one word fine it's like you know how um you know women get a bad rap for the word fine right like and it's like the word with a thousand meanings but like mars is fine it's as bad if not worse you're just like i'm in trouble (laughs) what has happened Oh God! We can we can tell what kind of podcast we're going to have just by the way he <laughs> says hello when he comes on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah uh, my guilty pleasure and bad habits. So, um, my guilty pleasure, the two of them roll into each other. So, um, my guilty pleasure has to be sneaking a book into the toilet simply to have a bit of time to myself and read in peace. <laughs> and the bad habit is probably reading while I'm in the toilet. So uh, that's that's pretty much my uh, my guilty pleasure and my bad habit. It's nice you get a bit of peace and quiet. And if you when you have kids, you do understand what it means to have escape in the toilet. Oh, good uh, God, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so, Marzi, um, we got a few listener questions. Yes, in yeah. People, so this is going to be ask. fire round. This mm. is fire round. Mm. Literally, you've got like it's some of them are one word answer. Or you've got about ten seconds. So we need to be really quick. Okay. 
So it'll be hard for me to summarize the Irish political situation in ten seconds, Marty. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we need to. Well, that's the whole point, you know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well. Our mate Phil at Hindu Monkey. Kylie, what is your favorite grape and region of wine? Okay, Pinot Grigio from Tuscany or Argentinian Malbec. Brilliant. Don, when did you lose your hair? <laughs> um, it started thinning out in my late twenties, and pretty much every child a chunk went out. <laughs> he's asked me what my favorite book is i actually don't like reading i used in, 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 when people used to ask that i used to put quran just to, to, to basically have an answer i i do read i, I do read the odd bi- i do read the odd biography but i'm not really a reader i'm more of a listener um right don this is for you and i would we relegate united to never win another title i think i know the answer i don't really care about united no. they're not irrelevant and i don't re- exactly uh no i don't care <laughs> i would rather win titles um, what is your favourite dinosaur? Kylie, do you have a favourite dinosaur? Stegosaurus. Brilliant. Don? Triceratops. Uh, uh, mine is um, Pickford. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <cool. laughs> Kylie, you can only choose to eat the food of one country ever again. Which is it? Lebanon. I love Middle Eastern food, but I love Lebanese food most. Brilliant. Don? Um, Thai. I'd go Thai probably. Thai? Yeah, I'm going to be bo- I'm gonna say Palestinian food because I'll, I'll always love it and it's always um, edible. Right. Uh, FBL Dempsey. <laughs> that's, that's handy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's supposed to inedible. <laughs> <laughs> At Dempsey FBL. Uh, asks us, do you guys play any other fantasy sports formats? Don, do you? I do. Well, I play the, the draft game in FPL and I play NFL fantasy football. Yeah, so Dynasty and regular. So that's where I am. Cool. Ky- Kylie, do you play? Um, no, other than the World Cup one that we did, um, the last World Cup, I don't. I limit it to board games and other things. That's I tried, enough. yeah, I tried NFL. I did like it, but no, I, and I did draft, but I prefer not not really. Jimmy Mac and Cheese at Clara FBO. Last film to make you cry, Don. Shawshank Redemption, I reckon. When the um, when what's oh. the, the the little old guy when he goes out on parole and he hangs himself. That yeah. I, felt, like, I did feel like? a bit. I did feel a bit teary, but Brooke, I don't, I'm not really a crier, but I I tear up like? a bit. It's Titanic, isn't it? No, I didn't even give a toss. All I was worried to think was, God, there's loads of room on that iceberg. Like, in fairness, there was loads of room left on that. I know, she was selfish. She's such a prima donna, look. Kylie, what about you? Um, Up. Oh, my God. Like, emotional roller coaster in the first two minutes. Disney and Pixar just slaying mm. my emotions. It was a brilliant. Uh, it was a brilliant, oh. brilliant movie, though. Mm. Uh, oh. green, green Mile for me. Um, that was uh, that was an yeah that was an interesting. I film. bet you you did cry though, did you really? Listen, I'm an emotion, I'm an emotive yeah, person. Yeah, no, no, but I, do you actually does tears my... come down your face somewhere? I, I, I need no, to know this. I think, not not I tears. Think... I get tears. I get. I get. I'll choke up if if I. Yeah, that's what emotion. I get. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, oh, I was Definitely. full waterworks. Absolutely really? waterworks. Oh, are you kidding me? If we think Mars is an emotional roller coaster. I'm even worse. So. Mm. 
have have no. pity for Paul when he's watching oh, no. these movies with me. <laughs> it's never a dull moment. <laughs> I really feel sorry for Don Carly between us, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, always keeping things calm, Don. Yeah. Chills. Best meal you've ever eaten and where? Don. Mm. Oh, Kylie, you go first. Kylie. Okay. I have too many, but I'm going to pick one that comes to mind. Uh, tiny pizzeria in Florence, um, in Italy. Uh, the wine came in cups and the pizza was made in front of us, but it was the most ridiculously amazing pizza I've ever had in my life. Nice. I'm going to go with, um, we were in Malta um, years ago, myself and went, and we went to this little, um, it was a small little restaurant on one of our last nights there, which always seems to be the case when I'm on holidays. You always find a nice restaurant at the very end of the holiday. But it was this gorgeous little um, restaurant, lovely seafood, and it was delicious. And yeah, no, that was probably the, that's the one that jumps to my mind right now. But mm. lucky enough to have had plenty of nice food, thankfully. Yeah, <laughs> uh, food as well, Mars. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna move away from uh, Palestinian food and say I love I love Chinese food, and I worked a lot in China. And my, uh, the the way they, you know, if you have proper beef. How cook... recently, Mars? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in self-quarantine right now. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I shouldn't have gone there. I shouldn't have gone there. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, I'm worse. Um, but yeah, no, it was a few years ago. Um, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> this, this question, I was, I'm looking forward to this question. Thank you, Jimmy Mac and Cheese. If you could change one thing about your fellow host, what would it be? Kylie, ladies first. No, I'm not going first. Fine. Do you want me to go first? <laughs> well, you can go first. I have okay. to think. Because you're Kylie, such flawless you, you're going to like this. You're going to like this. I want Don to get my jokes first time round. <laughs> yes. The amount of times. That literally. Like, I'll, I'll say something to him. And there's silence. <laughs> or some, and I'm like. And I have to explain the joke. And when you have to explain the joke, it's not funny anymore. <laughs> no. But I think a lot of the time I do get the joke. It's just that I'm trying to watch the clock and I'm going, okay, let's move. No, you don't. Just attention. It, 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 this, this is a typical, uh, which was it? FOMO or something where you, you oh, oh, oh the, the, the Nike logo. They just do it where you, you, yeah, I know it. No, you don't. Don't, don't. Do you get it? No, I don't. Or blink or something. That was funny. <laughs> and uh, yeah. what would I change about Kylie? Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. less waffling. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, less waffling. <laughs> yeah, you, can't, you can't say that because the same goes. True. But yeah. I said it. So, so, that, so that's what your one is for Mars, Kylie. Um, well, I I couldn't think of any, right? Because um, I'm obviously just a, a really nice person. Um, yeah. But <laughs> skepticism there. Um uh, I would say, Don, stop telling me uh, not to waffle. And um, Mars, stop leaving no spaces on Twitter. Stop leaving what? No spaces in tweets. Yeah. The, you're trying to squeeze too much into a tweet. <laughs> oh, no spaces. That, no spaces. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I think no spaces I'll... stresses me out. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to join um, Kylie in that for Mars. Is that a li- the, we need to we need to maybe just look at not just using the Twitter limit every single time. Um, the 
with Kylie, what what could I improve with Kylie? Um, I love that you guys are having to think about this. Yeah, no, because see, to be honest with you, there's not, there's not like, uh, let me think now. Stop being Switzerland. <laughs> oh, that's a good Stop one for being Don. Switzerland. Yeah, it is mm. right. It is. <laughs> that, yeah. was second, that was the second yeah. one. <laughs> You know, I think I think sometimes is I think the the um, um, and thanks million for this one for breaking up the three amigos tonight. By the way, um, <laughs> uh, with this question, but the it, maybe maybe with with an I think the Australian accent is one that lends itself to long vowels, and so I think maybe it elongates out words every so often. <laughs> This is, is, uh, is this coming back to you talking about me waffling? Like, no, it's not waffling. That that's, not, that's, not, that's, not, that's not waffling, though. That's, that's, it. that's <laughs> elongating at words that um, I think is due uh, to an accent. That was my favorite question, Jimmy McIntyre's yeah. favorite yeah. question. Yeah, right. Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, Morpheus yeah. Fire, at Morpheus Fire. Don, your thoughts on Irish election? You've got 10 seconds. Uh, first of all, it's the kind of it's just another step in what has been a kind of a, a long-term move really towards the left in Ireland. We've kind of had always a very kind of conservative society, and re- recent referendums, elections have all been kind of moving us further to the left. You know, gay marriage, um, abortion referendums, so on. And I think a lot of young Irish people have become a lot more active politically. And I think this has been basically just one that is a rejection of what was the status quo and one little thing and I would say it's um I know a lot of UK people have based people have been and media in particular have been kind of presenting it almost like another Brexit or something anti-English it really has nothing to do with Brexit or being anti-English what it is even though it is um the it is a very nationalist party in Sinn Féin which got an awful lot of votes they were voted in because of being a socialist party I think a lot of people worldwide and Ireland included have been kind of getting getting kind of a little bit sick and tired of being told that economies are booming and yet every time when they have a sick loved one they're on a trolley in a hospital or they're finding that they're taking like two hours to get home every single day and, uh, and they're going my life is not that great and yet they're being told that everything is brilliant and I think that's just this is a rejection of all that and kind of people in Ireland wanting better better services, better public services and money not being stripped away to pay for bank debts. So that's kind of where where we're at really with the election. Now we'll see how it works out, whether or not this left-wing government, whether it actually lives up to its promises, but um, hopefully it will. I can't even take the piss and say it took more than 10 seconds. That was quite uh, poignant. Very eloquently yeah. put. Very. Kylie, review of, of your recent holiday. You literally have 10 seconds. We can't sit here for half an hour now. <laughs> okay. Uh, crack of madness, uh, freezing, too much alcohol, eating pierogies, lots of fun, demonic flight back through Kira uh, with yo-yo plane, uh, like seriously terrifying vomiting on all sides, not from me, and then um, landed safe. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, Mars's take on the rugby, right? So I assume he's talking about the Six Nations. To be honest, I watched one game because there was no football, or there was the, the Brighton Watford game, which I wasn't too interested in. I thought it was a the, in the weather, the the, the guy, all, all the kicks were missed. Uh, yeah, um, look, 
I'm a typical glory hunting rugby fan, as in I watch World Cups. I'm not really interested in the Six Nation either. However, playing rugby, when I came to England and got playing rugby, it nearly took over football because I'm, I'm really big into uh, team games. Um, and if there was a, a, a league team that I could have connected to the way I did with Liverpool, I probably would have switched alliances and moved to rugby because it, you do rely on your team. Uh, games. First time I ever played rugby, by the way, just a quick story. Um, mm-hmm. I saw the guy opposite. Ten seconds. I saw the guy opposite me pointing at. I saw the guy <laughs> opposite me. <laughs> Listen, I saw the guy opposite me. It was a it was a scrum, and we were just standing outside the scrum, right? And the guy was pointing at me, and I thought, you know, he's you know he's trying to banter with me or trying to uh, whatever. And he was actually trying to tell me that I was off the pitch. This is how much my you know until now I don't really know the all the rules, but yeah. Um, so yeah, cheers. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have a clue, Don. <laughs> Tofik Sir Arthur Dane at Tofik uh, El Sharif. Uh, your top three Netflix shows. I thought we'd do one each. So um, start with you, Kylie. Um, okay, it's an oldie but a goodie. I still love Gilmore Girls, but it's on Netflix anyway. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Don. It, um, it's a kind of tough one because we were. I'm just trying to think recently. I mean, um, I've just finished watching The Stranger. Um, it was very good, um, which I know Kylie has a bit of a thing okay. for the leading man in that. But yeah. um, the let me think, who else then? What else recently? I mean, um, Heisenberg, uh, what's the name for it? Breaking Bad is on Netflix, and if you haven't watched that, watch it. And uh, same with Peaky Blinders, um, both brilliant shows and they're all on Netflix, so obviously most people will have watched both of them. But I haven't yeah. watched either. I didn't watch Breaking Bad yet, but for me it will be Shrek, uh, Shrek Two. Shrek, sorry, Netflix is the one that's taken over by the kids, to be honest. So, <laughs> but when, when I did watch it, I watched Criminal Minds, and I love it. And now it's in its final season. <gasps> love Criminal Minds. It's final season. Did you? Oh I used to always watch them, but I realized that we the, all the programs we were watching were all ones with serial killers. Oh, and the, the of... first episode, I'm not going to tell you because you haven't watched it, but I was shocked, and I seriously hope it's not what I think it is. I'm 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 in bits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, is have we got any more? Yes, Mark Doney at Mark Doney. Which player would you want to transfer to the Premier League next season, and why? Go on, Don, give us a player. Oh. Player transferred to the Premier League. Um, well, one thing I think we're seriously missing in the Premier League is actually another really top class midfield option to go along with. I think we miss Hazard and we miss Alexis Sanchez. So let me think who would we bring in? Um, oh, guys, give me a. Give me a midfield player. See, the problem is they're all, all the best players in the world are playing for Liverpool at the moment. So it's yeah, kind of I don't really. To, to be honest, I don't. I, yeah, I would like to see Messi in. I would like to see Mbappe, Sancho, but I'm not really fussed. Whoever Mbappe, I go for probably, but I would like to see a midfield player in. Um, but I think we have actually with De Bruyne and you know. I, I think we have good we, options. Yeah. We have. Um, it would the be best hilarious to see Messi come in and be like 20 million, and people freak out. That would be entertaining. Mm. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Uh, right, um, FPL Puck, Andy, uh, favorite meal to make? Don, you love you love cooking. Well, uh, it used to be before we went vegetarian. Um, spaghetti bolognese was my go-to meal because um, I always, I think I always made a class spag ball. But um, let me think. Probably like a, 
a lovely vegetable stir fry i love making stir fries and with loads and loads of beans like kidney beans loads and loads of um, stuff in it loaded up um so um that probably would where i go vegetable stir fry kylie do you cook Uh, i cook a lot i love to cook oh Um, i didn't know that there you go see there you go yeah um so there oh i would cook a lot of different things but one of my favorites is um spinach ricotta and pesto stuffed peppers uh with cauliflower rice yeah wow i'm Yes, I'm a pretty accomplished cook. I love to make up my own dishes, actually. So I take whatever's in the pantry uh, or fridge and it's, cook, and I try to cook yeah. healthy food. I told you, you you're, you're, you're the same birthday as my, my wife, and she also yeah. will sit in the kitchen and make up her own recipes. So she's the main cook in the house. But when I do, like, I love doing breakfast and stuff like that, and I love, like, um, egg with mincemeat and, you know, Arabic spices and stuff like that. But I, I wouldn't say I'm the cook. Absolutely not. I'll definitely eat, though. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, at Lee96, Tim, Tim FPL wants me to talk about my Liverpool fantasism. I'll be very quick. My old man was here in the 70s and the 80s. All I heard about when I was growing up was Liverpool. Um, fell in love w- with the club just listening from him and watching any game that I could. I, me and him were the two of only three people in the city that supported Liverpool and probably three out of ten that even cared about the Premier League. It was m- more about... Italian League and the Spanish League. I came to the UK in 96, went to watch Liverpool, fell in love with the club. And for those people who call me a glory hunter, sorry, mate. But when I remember Liverpool, I would say from 94 to 2000, we put, we won the treble with Julia and that was it. So how the hell am I a glory hunter? And then after that, I can count on one hand what we won. It was just something that uh, I, I got involved into. I love going. I went home and away. For, for a period, in fact, I prefer away games because I like to go and kind of release the, release the beast and release the anger or whatever. Um, and I just connected with it. I done, uh, yeah, just um, fell in love with the club when I went to see them and after I heard a lot about them. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's why I support Liverpool, mostly because of my dad. But then I came here and made my own choice. So, yeah. Um, last, yes. Last couple from Jeff. You know, we can't we can't leave without uh, having some from Jeff at Austin 66 UK. Uh, who's each of your favourite follower and what question do you hate being asked the most? I think he answered his own question. That's what I yeah. said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the, who would be the... Like, I mean, that's a tough one to answer, but uh, I know that my longest term probably follower... And the and I'm she's a Facebook friend of mine as well, but would be FBL Cat Cat Mortensen would probably yeah. be Love Cat. My one, yeah. She's I think she's lovely, she's a dote. So um I, yeah, uh, probably Cat. My favourite is my is, is Hindu because I know I can wind him up. He knows he can wind me up. He even blocked me. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I didn't follow him for a while when he unblocked me. It's it's quite hilarious. Yeah. Um, he, he would actually be one of my favorites as well because uh, he loves to loves to wind us up, but he's a good laugh as well. To be honest, I think it's really hard because there's such a great mix of people um, on Twitter and specifically the ones that I would interact with on a re- very regular basis. Um, and they're all brilliant in different ways, so I actually yeah. find it really hard to... And we love Jeff. We love Jeff and his yeah. questions. And of right? course like, Jeff, yeah. And his questions. Don, can you differentiate between 
Blarney and Baloney. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Um, Blarney is kind of a gift to the gab. It's like being able to talk your way into things or out of things. Um, Baloney is kind of talking nonsense. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of the distinction uh, okay. I'd have between Learn something them. new every night. He um, wants me to explain how a hookah or a shisha works. Which one do you want? A hookah or shisha? No, I'm joking. <laughs> shisha. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's flavored tobacco. You put the tobacco in, you put foil, you put um, coal in, and you smoke. You not, don't normally inhale. Uh, I usually say you suck and blow, but, um, you know, it's literally what you do, to be fair. Uh, yeah, and it helps when, you relax. When you're... With the hookah, yeah, is it? You forgot the other yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot <laughs> the uh, what? What question do you hate? Being I said hookah. I said hookah. What yeah, are you laughing at? Yeah, yeah. I don't get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that old chestnut. <laughs> well, the question that we hate the most is which one is our favorite because we don't mm. have a favorite. That's I guess unless you have a different answer. Okay. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Oh, my my least favorite question is, oh Kylie, like Kylie Minogue. That is yeah. my least favorite question. <laughs> okay, we finish with you from Jeff. What's your impression of Pommy backpackers when you came into contact with them in Oz? Not well. It wasn't really relevant because um, it I, it wouldn't have been a distinction. My family are Irish and. Uh, a lot of my mum's closest friends, so all our family were in Ireland, but um, my family in Australia would have been, you know, my mum's best friends and, and all of these, and, and, and they were all from um, the UK. Uh, so it's not really like I, I knew a lot of um, pubs, so to speak, uh, as, a, as a kid growing up. And also, I guess, you know, I never didn't really meet that many backpackers. Um, I don't know why. Uh, city girl, you'd think that maybe I did, but um, but no. So um, they obviously blended in perfectly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's all we got time for. So uh, that was really enjoyable. Hopefully the listeners um, enjoyed it and uh, getting to know the Amigos and the Amiga a little bit better. Uh, thanks a million for listening and best of luck in the coming game weeks. Adios, Amigos. Brave amigos are we, brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo.